Big news, friends. Mega has a live show, which we will also live stream. It's going to be at the Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles Saturday, March 16th, and it's a 4 p.m. matinee. We're going to have a lot of amazing guests, so get your tickets now by heading to our website, megathepodcast.com. And if you're a Patreon member, you get a discount. So join us live or virtually on March 16th and get your tickets now. You know the unmistakable sound of opening your freezer door? That little kiss? Well, my freezer makes that kissing noise and I kiss it right back because it's filled with butcher box cuts that have made my life way more convenient. Delivered right to our doorstep, free shipping, always, and curated customized box plans. It saves me money and trips to the grocery store and I can meal plan for weeks at a time and I got leftovers to boot. Eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the planet delivered to your door. ButcherBox is offering mega listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. That's three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free, that's free, in every order for a whole year. That's a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Get a kiss from your freezer and your family and sign up today at butcherbox.com mega and use code mega to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Thanks, ButcherBox. Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis, and at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the MAGAverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good and not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. We are here, the Lord, we are here, and we're ready, ready to podcast. Hiya, I'm Hallie Laban, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every single week we give our mega church a tiny family feel. We introduce you to members of our church staff, people from our community. It is a true treat and it is a treasure. Well, you know I'm always joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome Gray Haas. What's up, Hallie? Happy 4th of July. How are you? USA! 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 Oh, I love that song. My brother, what's oh, going on with your Climax kids? We had an amazing weekend of 4th of July activities with my teens who come to Climax. We did a program called Red, White, and True. Ooh. And that's just a, a whole thing where we basically learned about how America didn't invent religious freedom. Religious freedom invented America. 
Awesome. And what does that mean? I have no idea. But anyway, we went out and we got a bunch of slip and slides and we set them up with signs all over them that, you know, one for each major religion and then, you know, a few smaller ones for the minor religions like Voodoo and Peloton and all those things. And then I made the kids choose which slip and slide they wanted to go down. Okay. So like if a kid went down the Buddhist slip and slide or the Judaism slip and slide? Well, actually, Hallie, you know, I put the biggest fastest one on the grassy hill you know and that one said christ and so they all went to that one straight away because i also had a lot of dish soap and stuff to make it go really fast and then there were a few kids that went over to the gravel uh in the overflow lot because that's where i had the other ones and you know they got a bit banged up so you know uh, just learn by doing there i guess but it's a good teaching moment which is you've got all the choice in the world in this country but this clearly one best choice. Yeah. There's and only one true one. I know. I know. So, red, yeah, white, and, and true. That's, re- well, that's right. Only that's one that's true. And then I got up and I did a monologue as Hercules Mulligan, which didn't go over because apparently none of them had seen Hamilton. So, anyway, how was your weekend? Oh, cool. Oh, we had baby dedication this morning. Oh, that is so special. So awesome. I babies. Mean, babies are so sweet. Yeah, they're fine. They're yeah. so cute. Oh, yeah. They're such good little babies. I don't know. You know, they're just babies, Hallie, anyway. I just love it because, you know, some churches that are wolves in sheep's clothing, they do baby baptisms. Well, that's not biblical at all. So we do a baby dedication where every single member of the congregation, right then and there, they make a vow out loud. Right. And lead pastor Steve from the main stage, he said, I'm asking everyone here to vow to keep this child in uh, the path of Christ, keep this baby in our Christian clutches. We will be the models for this child of, of what it means to be a good and upright Christian to be the moral authority of this country to you know be all the values we hold most dear like and statistically and, you know you might never see that kid again but it's you still made a vow so there was this little one named little baby Jaime Carmelito oh, tough name and it, well he his parents changed his name he just got here from Mexico and oh, they yeah, gave him a sense. good Christian uh, American name they, oh cool they named little Jaime they renamed him Bailey Braxton Pergorski oh so I love that. Oh, and so, you know, I just think it is a beautiful thing that we say right from the moment you arrive with your family or you arrive, you know, in the delivery room, uh, you are going to be held in this Christian community and to these Christian standards and you're going to grow up with good values and, you know, we get to be the moral authority and all that stuff. So I think it's really, what is that noise? Oh. Both of our phones are doing that. What is that? What does it say? It's an alert. It's an amber alert. Weather? Oh, it's amber alert. Is that what's that one? Oh, for child. It says, it says crossing the border. Jaime Carmelito was snatched. Hmm. I'm sure in Mexico that's a real common name. Probably. <laughs> When you listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, you get a belly full of laughs and a head full of real information. Our gallimaufry of expert guests answer questions on stuff adults need to know. I have mold in my dwelling. What do I do? What's gerrymandering? What happens chemically when I fall in love? How do I handle a parent-teacher conference? What are microbes? Listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Solve problems, get laughs. Because I really value truth, misinformation, 
really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis, and at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the megaverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good. And not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just like the Holy Spirit is God's messenger, our guest today works in the Twin Hills mailroom delivering messages just like the Holy Spirit to all the staff here on campus. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce to you Mr. Phil Ditch. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's so nice to see you, Phil. And uh, well, you're a busy guy right now. Yeah. Am I right? Oh, tell me about it. You know what? I am exhausted. Is the mailroom stressful? It is non-stop. I tell you why. It's uh, Christmas cards. There's a backlog of Christmas cards in the oh, mailroom no. that just need sorting through and categorizing uh, in, in, in w- w- one for each pigeonhole for each member of the church. Uh-huh. Oh, really? Uh-huh. And so, uh, we, so, so, you know, it is nearly July, so I'm just wondering, are those Christmas cards that are, that are from last year, or are we talking about ones that people are getting out early for this year? So... No, these are old ones. We are currently making our way through the backlog of 2019. We've reached Christmas 2019. Um, 2020 is very nearly on my horizon. Oh. And I'm excited for that. It's, uh, it, it, is a, a fun, it, it is a fun experience for me to relive those memories of the Christmases gone by vicariously through all of these, these, these different uh, cards that come through. Oh, that is You're awesome. You're like the Dickens character that goes to Christmas pasts. I'll tell you what, I'm lucky if I get my Christmas newsletter out before, you know, New Year's Eve. I tell you what, I, I should just make it a New Year's letter every year and then it'll maybe be out by February because Christmas is such a stressful thing and the church really, you know, owns mm. Christmas. We we are the sort of the arbiters, the abiters, the the albatrosses of yeah, Christmas. Yeah, I think it's the abattoir of Christmas. Oh, yeah. That's right. I love your newsletter. I always look forward to it. You always include a picture of the family. Oh, thank you so much for saying that because sometimes, honestly, Phil, I'm like, are people reading these? And I put a lot of time and thought into them. I mean, I, I write a page for every month of the year. It's always a 12-page newsletter. I let you know everything I did in January, everything I did in fe- everything I bought, all the deals I got, any new rest recipes I tried. What do you see when it comes to people's mail? Because I, I imagine a lot of things are sent through email, but maybe the more uh-huh. sort of personal stuff is sent through the, the regular snail mail, as we call it. I'd say that the the pattern, if there's a pattern, is that the um, the more personal stuff, as you say it, and, and really like the majority of of written things go to our older members of our uh-huh. church and, and congregation, maybe those who... Uh, Aren't aren't digital natives? They're yep. not silver surfers. Um, <laughs> uh, for the rest, there is 
mostly junk. Mm. Okay. Uh, quite a lot of people use the church as a second address. Oh, is that right? Oh, really? Yeah, that, that's quite a common thing. You know, you, you're sort of filling out a, a mailing list somewhere and someone says, do you want to join this gym? Do you want to uh, sign up for a... Uh, we had one recently, someone had got a catalogue of uh, of energy drinks that oh. they'd signed up for. I can understand why you feel so stressed, Phil, because think about it. You have all the mail coming into the church for all the employees that you mm. got to get all the employees their mail, uh, their work mail, and then you have the employees sending things out. But then the church also does like mass mailers and you're sending out, you know, hundreds of thousands of newsletters you're getting out trying to keep people informed about the powerful work that God is doing at Twin Hills. And I guess, you know, a thing with the mail is just that it never stops, huh? I always think that like when I'm doing laundry, I'm like, well, I can never get all my stuff clean because I'm wearing something right now, getting it dirty while I'm doing the wash. It's always going to be something. And I'm sure it feels that way with the mail too. As soon as you get those mailers out, there's a whole bunch of flood letters coming in. That's a, a really good analogy with the laundry. It is a never ending cycle um, of, uh, of mail coming in, mail going out. You know, for me, this this was originally and still officially a temporary job. Oh, really? Well, I came in. Do you remember Denise? Sure. Oh, of course. Used to yeah. work in the mail. Oh. Yeah, I came in as maternity leave. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. But isn't her kid like six years old now? Yep. And I am continuing on a temporary contract. Oh, oh. Denise has taken her time. That is right. Did she ever get back to you and say, like, hey, I'm thinking about coming back? Or did she just sort of go on this extended maternity leave? She sends me updates. She sends me very short updates uh, to tell me that she is still on maternity leave. So it wasn't really an interest, basically, in mail that you had. You were just filling in. Or do you? It, was there something for, about your past that you really were like, mail is where it's at yeah. and I really kind of want to stay in this because it's my calling? Yeah, what are your feelings about mail? <laughs> I'm not a postman. Right. I guess <laughs> no one really has, a, really has a specific love of mail, if you really think about it. Yeah. I like getting personalized mail. I don't like getting the junk mail or the bills. But I feel like all it is is the junk mail or the bills. You had to be really happy when, you know, when the president wanted to shut down the mail, you know, the last president, because I just liked that he was like saying, you know what, let's just get rid of it. It doesn't make any money. It's a, it's a lot of times it's kind of a problem. And you obviously with you, because you, you're up to your neck in all this stuff. I mean, it must have been kind of fun for a second to think, hey, maybe I, I'm going to have a job and I don't really have to do a lot. Yeah, it did feel like I was going to have a lovely little break. Now that I think about it, our last president, he really had a good idea there. He, he was a good businessman with great ideas. And I think that is a good idea that if something isn't profitable, you just get rid of it. I, I think that about my kids all the time. I'm like, they haven't contributed once in the entire course of their lives. Maybe we should just get rid of them. Right. Now, Phil, everyone's probably wondering, what is that accent? Where in the United States are you from? You've caught me. I'm not from the United States. Oh, okay. dear. I'm from the UK. Really? Oh, That's right. That is awesome. You know, we've had people, we've had at least one person from the UK before. And it was, you know, I just, it's a bit strange because it seems like everything, you know, UK is just a bit topsy-turvy. You know, a lot of people think that I'm from the United States because my accent is basically the same as, you know, someone from Florida, Tennessee. It's just like I, I blend right in. But yours really sticks out like some kind of a bit of a sore thumb. They do, uh, they do say that, uh, and people comment on it all the time in a lovely way. People are so kind. And, and what brought you to Indianapolis? I came to study. Really? I initially came to study, and that was what uh, attracted me to the job. That's why I, I came in. Was this was a, a temp job to cover, you know, a, a little, little bit of pocket money to 
to cover my board and food. Oh, oh really? that's so cool. I, you know what? I wouldn't have been mad if you had said that you were just putting that accent on. I, I didn't <laughs> think it was authentic. I thought, I thought, I think he's just talking like this to, to kind of sound smart. You know what I mean? Totally. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you think so. And what, what did you come to study? Uh, uh, engineering. Oh, architectural really? engineering. Really? That's my yeah. Uh, bridges. Uh, a big, big bridge guy. Oh, really? You have lovely bridges here, Indianapolis, famous for its bridges. City of the Seven Bridges, it's called. That's right, City <laughs> of Seven Bridges. I know. You, know. you know, I think that's just amazing that, you know, you came here to study and then you find this little job on the side and then six years later, I mean, you're still here, you're still <laughs> right. in the mailroom. Whatever happened to the dream about the whole bridge thing? Uh, that has had to go by the side. Oh. Because I have signed a contract to the church that I am maternity cover for Denise until her maternity leave is up. Wow. But I'm looking forward to getting back to the University of Indianapolis uh, and, and studying those bridges. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was halfway through a module on load. You've heard of load bearing? What is load? That's yeah. the last thing we were really talking about. Oh, oh, re- oh so you really only got to load bearing, and then you you had to go off and do mail stuff. That's yeah, right. Yeah, it seems like you would need a little. You would need to know a little bit more before you could really build one. I guess. Oh no, I never got to build a bridge. That's a um, that is a, a more advanced stage with many people involved. Ah, uh, I love bridges. I'd say the bridges around Indy are um, a highlight of my day. Whenever I cross a bridge, I'm always. It just feels a little bit like I'm on a roller coaster. I love the Peacock Bridge. I love the Waffle Bridge. I love the Pancake Bridge and the Muffin Bridge the most. And um, <laughs> I, I have a question as someone who you're studying bridges. Mm-hmm. I would like to know because sometimes when I look at a bridge, I'm like now. The thing that I don't understand is they have to get those posts into the ground under the water, the underwater ground. How in the heck do you do that? I know. It's incredible. And the honest answer is I haven't got a clue. Oh, no. I am looking forward to learning that when I get back from maternity cover for your mailroom to my university. Uh, well, you're going to have to remember to tell me because I even was looking at the screensaver on the Apple TV the other day, had the San Francisco Bay Bridge on there, the mm. red one, and I'm looking at it from up in the sky and it's so huge and impressive. I just honestly can't believe that human beings did that. Probably men. It would have to be all men. A man would have to put his mind on that and then use his muscles on that, but it's an impressive uh, man-made structure. Totally. Can't totally. wrap my head around You it. know, I don't really know a lot about bridges and I don't really care yeah, but the one thing that I do remember about uh, bridges growing up, Hallie, is, you know, I was back in Australia and uh, this was uh, right around the time when I was about 21 years of age. And I remember I was going to a really famous bridge, the Canberra Bridge in Australia, and I'm driving and I see a guy standing on the bridge. And then I notice <gasps> he's climbed up on the ledge Oh no! and I'm going, okay. And so I slow down. And then I realized this guy is about to jump off this bridge. Oh, no. And so I pulled over and I went over and I just... I just started praying. I just started praying. Awesome. And uh, he was saying, you know, no, leave me alone. You don't understand. Um, and I was like, hey. Were you praying to to his face? I was praying right into his face. I, t- I took his hand. I took his face in my hands. I'm praying right into it. And I'm going, you know, dear Lord, do not let this guy jump. And he's going, no, 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 you don't understand. And I'm saying, absolutely not. You're not going to do this. Jesus loves you. Christ loves you specifically. And God loves you. And you're not going to do this. And he's going, 
you don't understand. What I think is he didn't really want to do it because he was wearing sort of a helmet in an orange you know, kind of vest. And I, I really thought, you know, this guy wants somebody to see him up here on the bridge so that so that he could be talked down. You know, uh-huh. most people who try to kill themselves don't really want to do it. They yeah. just need somebody there to tell to, to pray into the face. You uh-huh. know? Is there a chance that that was a, um, a architectural engineer who was at work that day working on his bridge? You know, I don't think so, Hallie, because, you know, a lot of times people when they're up on bridges will make up stories like that, like, hey, I'm working on the bridge or I'm building the bridge. But a lot of times it's people trying to jump off the bridge. But oh, so they, they have the foresight to, like, put on the whole, like, outfit and everything as, the, you know, like somebody who would be working on a bridge. Right, exactly. Oh. Well, people in the United States certainly don't jump off bridges ever, but I was reading in Relevant Magazine that in the UK, speaking of Phil's accent, uh, that they jump off the river, they jump off bridges into the River Thames all the time because it's very kind of gray and cold over there and they're so sad about all the Americans leaving and the war and and so they sometimes feel hopeless over there. Did you have that when you lived in UK, Phil? You know, I've, I've never tried to jump off a bridge, but I know what you're talking about there is uh, a, a a large cross section. It doesn't really matter where you're from, who you are. There will be a representative of your community who has tried to drop, uh, jump off a bridge in the UK. Russell Brand. He was a movie star from the UK, and he actually is someone who he jumped off a really big bridge in London, and he was screaming about late stage capitalism right before he hit the water and killed himself. And um, is that true, Ali? That's true. Russell Brand, he did, he jumped off the Jubilee Bridge. I didn't know he was dead. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh yeah, I mean, isn't that wild that you'd kill yourself on a Jubilee? Huh. Totally. You know, something that just reminds me too, Phil, is that you've found yourself in this place, um, and you, you you know, at one point you were really focused on bridges. Now you're focused on mail. But I would love to know, really, how Jesus has affected your life since you've come here to Twin Hills. I mean, what is it about what is it about this place, other than you know, taking over someone's maternity leave, that has kept you here and kept you coming back? It's mostly the contract, but I think I know what you're getting at. I've I have been asked again and again if I have come to Christ during my maternity leave in the Twin Hills mailroom, um, and I spent a good portion of my early years there denying it and saying that that really wasn't my background. But enough people in the intervening years have just told me that I was wrong, mm. and they say it so. What I find here is people are so kind and and uh, nice and honest. There's a real openness to the people that I have just I've come to accept it. I've come to accept that people must be right. Right. I love that. What a powerful testimony. I mean, I always say the people here at Twin Hills, if we're going to be firm, we're going to be firm with a smile. And I think that just goes for Christians in general. Like the thing about the, the thing that I love about Christians, Hallie, is that, you know, even when people are wrong, clearly they don't know the butt from a hole, as we say in Australia, we're still going to say, hey, uh, you know, we're smiling at you. We're giving you, uh, you know, we're hugging you, uh, etc. But we are also saying, you know, you're wrong and uh, we're going to love you back to Christ. That's awesome. 
That's so beautiful. And I, that's honestly what I love about God is that God gives us tough love, doesn't he? He says, you know, I don't want to send you to hell where you're going to be in eternal torment. That doesn't sound fun at all. Um, you know, I didn't want to have to create a place of eternal punishment. But, you know, somebody's got to keep all these humans with their sin problem in line. Mm, that is right. Very loving of him. He's a loving Heavenly Father. Uh, Phil, have you met uh, Have you met any special someone since you've gotten here to the church? Uh, I have, in oh. fact. I oh, think that's I... a loaded question. <laughs> oh. I, I, you know, the reason I'm saying that is because I always see you sort of going around and uh, and, and that and it does seem like, and, and it, tell me if I'm overstepping my bounds, but I think it is Rachel over in Promised Land with the Kids Ministry uh, who's also, you know, uh, filling in for someone on maternity leave. But I've seen you all sort of going around, so I wanted to ask. That's right. Uh, Rachel, she's also a student. She's the one who suggested that I, I uh, apply for the job. Oh, was she also a bridge uh, a bridge school? Yeah, she's also at bridge school. She's at the Indianapolis uh, Institute for Bridges with me. Wonderful. Now, has she moved ahead of you in the program since you've been on this maternity? She started at the church a little bit before me, so she hasn't got to load bearing yet. Uh, she's still at what is a bridge. That is so great. I mean, th- think about the metaphor there, Hallie, which is bridges to most of the world are just things that, you know, take you across a piece of water or something to jump off of if you're depressed. But here, really, it's we are building bridges between people. And, you know, a bridge brought you here and a bridge mm. kept you here. And now you are connected, you and Rachel, through what I would would say, you, you know, if, if Christ is the bridge, you two are on, you know, have met somewhere in the middle and, you know, maybe maybe Twin Hills is the water underneath. I'm not sure. Sometimes I get a bit lost in my own metaphors, but all I know is that you two are connected. I think that there's something to what you say. You know, she's a, a, a lovely woman. Also an immigrant. She's Canadian. Oh, wow. Oh, I love that. We're just so in. Sometimes I'm like, Hallie, what are we running here? A church or an IHOP? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with being Canadian. I'll tell you that right now. I know some people don't like them, but I, I think it's pretty close to the United States, so it must be good. It's like Australia. It's about 50-50 between the UK and the oh, US. Oh, really? Right. Yeah, it is really hard because, you know, Canada is sort of like Australia, but minus what I would say the friendly personality. And so it is going to be one of the most hated nations in the world, but I do think they look a lot like us, so that's also that's a plus. It's like the anti-Australia. If you've got the US, which is normal, then you've got Canada on one side and you've got Australia on the other. Yeah, and how does the UK figure into that? We also think of ourselves as normal, but one thing I've learned in this church is that we are wrong. I have been told several times that I have come to Christ and we are not normal. I'm wrong on that. I've come uh, to accept that. Oh, that's lovely. That now, so if great. it doesn't work out with Miss Canada, Phil, I'll tell you what. I think you would really like an American girl because not only does Stephen Curtis Chapman sing, she was an American girl, which is a beautiful um, contemporary Christian song. Mm. But also, um, American girls have, you know, these spirits of like, um, you know, like revolutionaries, you know, like being like, get off of me, King of England. I'm going to forge a new path. And um, American girls are really pure. Uh, they really keep themselves pure. Uh, so, you know, you're getting the, uh, the full good untouched package when you get one, when you marry them. You know what I mean? <laughs> At the minute, <laughs> Rachel and I are very happy. Oh, We're okay. engaged. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. But if that doesn't work out, 
I will absolutely uh, take your advice uh, in in mind. As you know, Canadians, not pure people. Right, 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 right. I think, you know, they make excuses up there in Mm. Canada because it's cold. They say, well, I have hypothermia. You know how you uh, cure hypothermia? You have to put your bodies naked next to each other. And then, you you know, where that, what that leads to. Oh, right. Sick. I think it's awesome you're engaged. And, you know, of course, you know, you get married and start a family. Well, you know, did you, what was your family like? Uh, my family have mostly jumped off bridges. Oh, is oh, that right? Really? Did they survive? Or are they in heaven? No, they are in heaven. Oh, wonderful! Uh, I am. I am. I say mostly. They have entirely jumped off bridges. I am alone now in my life, apart from Rachel. <gasps> You're the last ditch. I'm the final You're the ditch. last ditch effort. I am indeed. <laughs> Mr. Ditch, alone in the world. Well, I mean, not now, not now that you're here. You, Twin Hills is your community. You have a family of thousands. And I feel that. I really do feel that. Oh, I'm so glad, Phil. And um, speaking of load-bearing, I just have a quick question mm-hmm. because you mentioned what is load-bearing. And so I, in my mind, I tried to answer that question. If I was in that what is load-bearing class and the teacher called on me and said, uh, Hallie, what's load-bearing? Well, I, I I couldn't think of something. I thought, well, if if I if I'm uh, a big bodied gal, uh, it, would my skeletal system be considered load bearing? If I'm a if if I got a big cup size brazier, uh, would that brazier be considered load bearing? God, I wish I could answer this for you. And if I could just go back to that class, I know that a load means weight. That's uh-huh. as far as I've got. A load is what goes onto the bridge. It is the bearing that is foxing me and you know it's like an itch it's like an itch in the back of my brain what is bearing and that is what keeps me going on um back to i could i could go back i could go back to the uk and i could go back and um jump off a bridge but i'm not going to i am going to learn the bearing part of load bearing right you got to be here in the states where you're not going to blow your load that's right Phil Ditch was played by the delightful Felix Trench. Follow him at Felix Trench and check out all his amazing podcast work, including my personal favorite, Wooden Overcoats. His website is felixtrench.com. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Grey Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. <laughs>